This is Throwback to School, babies. Hey. <laughs> the podcast where we review things we liked in high school, maybe? Mm. Maybe not this time. Mm, maybe not last <laughs> time or this time. And uh, we talk about if we liked it or not. And get in, losers. We're podcasting. Yeah, hell yeah. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Liza. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I just finished watching a movie that just reminded me of a time after high school. Huh? Uh oh. Uh oh. Breaking the rules. We're breaking like yeah. the cool kids. We're breaking the rules that we made for ourselves. And mm-hmm. now we're going to have to also ground ourselves for being bad kids. You're grounded. Oh, no. Oh, no. You're grounded. <laughs> Take your phone away. No dessert for you. I was so lucky. I mean, I guess lucky is a relative thing, but like I, when I was a kid and was uh, in qualifications for being grounded, I didn't have a phone to be taken away. Mm-hmm. So it's just like go. Like I was. I <laughs> hey, back in my day, <laughs> uh, when I was young enough to be grounded, it was just like go to your room where you also have all of your fucking video games and Mm -hmm. comic books and like you know everything you could want that was that was grounds for you know like you're in trouble now like okay i guess i'll just go hang out in my room alone and watch tv which i do anyways so grant yeah and i was also like a like a goody two-shoes loser i was gonna say i i'm having a hard time picturing that happening that often me being grounded i think i got grounded once for sneaking out and like how old were you 16 17 and like oh like and what i did was like we went to the bowling alley like it wasn't even like we did oh my god <laughs> i like- love how this example is turning into one anecdote and we could legit do an entire podcast about the times <laughs> that i've gotten in trouble <laughs> like <laughs> lol <laughs> and like neither of my parents are like strict people and like it was not like i was i just had this this sort of like unrealistic like expectation of what being in trouble was like Mm -hmm. and so because of that and like again neither of my parents were like you know if you sneak out we're gonna beat the shit out of you whatever like it Mm -hmm. was i i don't know what i thought being grounded or being in trouble was going to be but like that sort of like fear of being in trouble follows me to this day of like if Mm -hmm. i you know and especially now in like covid times when you like go into like a like a Bartels or, you know, like whatever to like Mm -hmm. get something. The idea that like, maybe I'm not standing in like the exact, and then they're, you know, like the rules have been a little looser recently, but right. You know, like I think there was one time I went to a grocery store and I wasn't standing on the exact like sticker thing of like where you're Mm -hmm. supposed to be standing. And just this person like, you know, was afraid for their lives because of COVID this mm-hmm. person's working at the grocery store and they're like, can you please stand behind the thing? And I, I shit you not. I was just like, Oh my God, I feel like I've been called into the principal's office. And I was <laughs> so, I didn't want to like just spurt out apologies because also like part of COVID is it gets spread through things. Even if I'm wearing a mask, you know, like I was just like, and so I just quickly was like, I'm so sorry. And like, you know, skirted back really quickly and just shut up. I did not say a single thing until like the <laughs> transactions. So I was just like, Thank you so much. You grounded and yourself. I was just like, God, like I am so afraid of getting in trouble. And I think those are the the like those are the true traits of a people pleaser. I guess so. As 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 such person myself, I can recognize it. It's like you just don't want you, you like the idea of someone being mad at you or someone like thinking like yeah, like not doing what you're supposed to do. I was thinking. Um, more... I feel you like just even lingering at the grocery store, even doing everything you can to stay stay safe for yourself and for others. You still feel like oh, I'm sorry. I'm buying food to survive. Like <laughs> you just feel like you're constantly doing the wrong thing. I I, I thank you for saying people pleaser because I was just thinking those are the traits of like a sniveling coward, which is like more <laughs> of like what I no no. It's... You're not doing, you're not, that's not what a coward is. I, you need to You I, need to know what a coward is, man. Yeah, I forgot to tell you that afterwards I bowed in front of them and like. It's like, their feet. Uh, yeah, exactly. Offered up my lips <laughs> for, off their, my for their shoe to come near 
And I said, thank you afterwards. And they were like, sir, stay on the circle. Please let me, please. Stop touching me. Help. As I'm being um, carried away by security. <laughs> thrown into thrown into a like a paddy wagon with like a bunch of anti-maskers who were like trying to like film themselves going into a Trader Joe's without a mask on just to get stopped and they're like oh man you didn't want to wear your mask either and you're like no I no, just in fact, I, I just like was coward yeah like, no in fact I'm just a <laughs> sniveling wimp do you want me to kiss your feet <laughs> anyways well, Liza what are we talking uh, about today I love breaking rules so <laughs> I was the one to uh agree with you that we should in for this episode, uh. watch something that came out very recently. Yes, that is about your experience, not in high school. Correct, <laughs> because fuck it, barely um, out of high school. This is like I was eighteen right. years old when I got this job. So, but to be fair, you in high school watched movies oh, and yeah. were probably a customer of blockbusters. Absolutely, yeah. Went Here there. You go. So all now we're getting both. We're getting both your experiences mm-hmm. on each side of that Whoa. wonderful blue and yellow counter. Wow! At a blockbuster mm-hmm. store. That's right. We watched the last blockbuster. The last is that blockbuster. Called? Yep. The documentary uh, that is currently on Netflix was released by Netflix it's and produced really, by Netflix. It's really funny that this is on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it made by Kevin Smith? Or is he just no, I, I think he's just, he is literally one of the talking heads in it. Interesting. Um, one I the, meant to look up who made it. It's one, it is one of the talking heads, but it's not one of the famous guys. It's like the, um, it might be, gosh, is it the Star Wars guy? The guy who does like all the, he does oh the walk-in impression, you know, like he's. Uh, the voice actor? The voice actor, yeah. Oh my goodness. I, uh hope not because that guy was hella annoying I'm yeah. sorry i'm sorry for all voice actors that are listening to this i doubt there are any of you but just in case my experience with you all in the world is very hard <laughs> <laughs> at least the few that i've interacted with oh my god like and and it's like i'm generalizing i'm sure and I'm over-characterizing, I'm sure. But it's like that idea of people when they're like, you know, theater kids. And it's like, not all theater kids are obnoxious. But sometimes people who have done theater are a little too much to handle. Yeah. And that's how I feel about uh, voice actors. That was, it was not him, that... by the way. That was not him. It was, he oh, was, okay. I think he was a talking head in it as well. But mm. I don't think he was in it for that much. Okay. Anyway, voice actors, you're great, but also you're a lot of you are just really intense. Uh, okay, love you, bye. Love you, bye. Good, yeah, um, as they're all anyway. turning off their podcasting apps. Uh, goodbye, <laughs> voice actors. Uh, so this movie, this documentary, Andrew, do you want to tell us what it sort of covers? So it, uh, it, it's, it's sort pretty of, straightforward. It, yeah, it, it cover. It's a documentary sort of covering the last blockbuster that exists in Bend, Oregon. And this is now the literal last location. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the documentary kind of goes through the history of blockbuster, including like when it was founded, why it was founded, why movie rentals were a thing, the whole system of movie studios, you know, like VHS copies used to cost a hundred dollars. And so mm-hmm. like, this like the the idea that you owned a movie at home didn't exist for like the longest time, which is we're talking about like 1985 area. Right. And so this a thing came up where you know somebody had the idea to to buy the movie and then rent it out to kind of make back that money, and then it became this franchise, became this huge thing, and then Blockbuster came and ate it all up. And then, you know, the documentary goes through the years of Blockbuster being this juggernaut and all the way through to the, you know, 2008 financial crisis, Netflix coming in earlier and sort of eating their lunch, and then um, eventually it going down to four stores by, like, 2017, and then by 2019, it was down to one store. 
So they sort of, they spend a little bit of time kind of catching you up on what Blockbuster was and the business model and all this stuff. And then you get like, so Kevin Smith, as we mentioned, is one of the talking heads. There's Ioni Sky from uh, <laughs> Say Anything, which I was really surprised to see her in it because I just haven't yeah. seen her in anything for since, I don't know, Say Anything. Yeah. Um, Jamie Kennedy is in it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Shear, who used to work at a Blockbuster, is in it. Uh, Doug mm-hmm. Benson. Lauren Lapkus is the narrator for some reason. She. Oh, okay. That was her. I couldn't. Yeah. I was like, this woman must be someone yeah and i didn't look it up uh the oh the guy from the oc oh adam brody yeah is mm-hmm. also one of them uh ron funches another comedian and then there's a couple of random people there are talking heads they're not yeah. famous there's they're like just a guy who lives whoever in... made the movies friends right there's like, like a guy from bend who's like a talking headed and like pretty prominent and then like a couple people like there's one guy who was the cfo for blockbuster that they got in there mm-hmm. a guy who owned, owned a couple franchises in alaska is in there and then of course the the woman who's the general manager of the last remaining blockbuster is also mm-hmm. like the main character of the movie and so you get this story of again how blockbuster came to be and blah 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 and how it got to this point now where there's only one remaining store left Mm -hmm. which is uh, you know as somebody who worked for blockbuster me (laughs) to see this corporation go from what it was to what it is is not surprising and i i am pulling for this store just because i like the the story of this woman kind of running this blockbuster like a mom and pop video rental store is like it's it's inspiring is the wrong word but it's like it's nice to see and like you kind of want heartwarming you want her to succeed because she is putting so much of herself and like everything that she has into this so you kind of want to see it succeed but also somebody who worked for blockbuster fuck blockbuster (laughs) (laughs) but i think like that you're the i feel like you are the perfect like um venn diagram of also someone that has worked for blockbuster and has also worked for a small independent store Mm -hmm. and so i think you can recognize i think that's why you're recognizing the like importance and the heartwarming and the and the like endearing part of this last blockbuster store Mm -hmm. is because this woman is putting her entire life into it and that town obviously has put a lot of um nostalgia into Mm -hmm. it um and and i think that's what happens with small businesses yeah uh especially when they're run like that Mm -hmm. but yes because you did work at blockbuster that was at the time a giant corporation yeah. that comes with its own fair share of like ugh. <laughs> yeah. The so I worked at Blockbuster between 2003 and 2004. <clears throat> and when I first So they're still they're still peaking at that. They're still like peaking. they're still doing like, fine. Netflix is like a glimmer in our eyes. Like we are mm-hmm. like we're like I think the name was like it came up but it was not like this thing that's going to eventually destroy <laughs> the business mm-hmm. or ch- you know change not destroy the business but change the way that this is all done mm-hmm. and at that time like so it's it's interesting that like in this movie they bring up the time when blockbuster got rid of late fees mm-hmm. i left like literally three months before that happened so i didn't mm-hmm. have to deal with that shit and i was so happy because like <clears throat> what they ended up doing, they they don't really touch on it in the documentary. The no late fees thing became reshelving fees. So you didn't accrue um, late fees as like time went on like you used to, where like if you were late by a day, you paid the amount of the movie per day, you know, mm-hmm. up to a point. And then like at a certain point you just like either bought the movie or, you know, you pay like whatever, 30, 40 bucks in late fees. Mm -hmm. Instead, they introduced this thing called reshelving fees where you had to pay like a $3 flat fee regardless of when you return the movie. Mm. I was so happy to have been gone from Blockbuster when they made this huge deal about like, no more late fees. And they even show that commercial, no more (laughs) late fees, no more late fees. And they see this big banner that says no more late fees. Mm -hmm. To be a person who worked at Blockbuster 
to have to explain to somebody what reshelving fees are and how they're mm-hmm. not late fees, but it's still a fee for returning your movie late, mm-hmm. I imagine was a fucking nightmare. And it was just <laughs> like, and of course, like it ended up being a huge, like a, a, just like a tremendous swing and a miss. Just this thing where mm-hmm. like, you know, one of the, like either the CFO or something was like, yeah, we lost, like we ended up either like losing a third or we only had a third of our revenue because we yeah, lost. Yeah, that second one, because the, yeah. the person who's interviewing him is like, clarify what you mean. Do mm-hmm. you mean you lost a third of your business or you lost everything to a third? And yeah. he's like, that one. Yeah. We went from like, you know, three thirds to just one of them. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, I, and I will say that like the people who, so we used to do this thing at Blockbuster where if you came up with a good enough excuse, cause like you weren't supposed to, but you could just waive people's late fees. Be- and mm-hmm. the reason why they didn't want you to waive them was because of how much money the corporation made from people's late fees. Yeah. So we would, we had this rule. You could only do so many, but if somebody had a good enough excuse, you could waive their late fees. So like, for instance, somebody came in with a movie. It was like one day late and he's panicking. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My wife went into labor last night and I couldn't return the movie. And I was just like, dude, don't worry about it. I will like, we'll waive it. Like, you know, take care of your baby. It's fine. Even if he's making it up, it's still like a good enough thing of like, okay, buddy. Like, you know, if like, if losing like, you know, whatever, $4, $2, whatever it was, like if, if that, if it means that much to you, they're going to, you're going to make up that you had a baby last night, Mm -hmm. then fine. (laughs) It's fine. We don't have to worry about it. Um, and you know, like people would come up with like, but then like some people just be like, I don't want to pay it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, This was like, cause I forgot and I don't want to pay it. I was like, well, too bad. I don't know what to tell you. Like, (laughs) right. Like the, and, and, yeah, I mean, we could talk forever about like ridiculous customer expectations yeah. of like I'm using your business, yet I don't want to have to abide by the rules of right. the business that right. I'm using. Like, I don't know. It's just like I'm the one giving you money in the first place, therefore I should do whatever the fuck I want. Right, and there is a, a you know with Blockbuster, like when I started working there, when I tell you that they made me sign like a like a phone books worth of contracts when I started mm-hmm. working there. They had not that size of contracts for like new customers, but it was basically like outlining mm-hmm. what this sort of stuff means, what a late fee means, what a blah, 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 blah. And <clears throat> I don't know how much I can get into, I guess it doesn't matter anymore. Like uh, the sort of stuff that were in the contracts of like me having working there. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stuff was like, you know, obviously uh, do not, you know, you can't do these certain things on your shifts, blah, blah, blah. Sure. Then there were things that were like, if you come up with any sort of creative ideas in the, you know, in the years that you work at the at Blockbuster, they be- they become property of Blockbuster. And anything that you come up with while you're working here, you are not allowed to use five years past termination date. So like <laughs> if you came up with, and I think what it was, was like, if you come up with an idea for like a movie about a person who works at a video store, mm. you, you know, like you can't then use the direct knowledge that you have having worked at a blockbuster. And hopefully in the five years that you have been absent from it, these ideas will have faded or, you know, whatever, like you won't use the insider secrets of blockbuster to fuel your, your big script or something. But yeah, it was just like so many yeah. pages of stuff like that where just like disclosures. I'm 18 yeah. years old and I just want to like rent movies to people. Mm-hmm. Which I think is like why a lot of this documentary is like obviously fueled by folks that worked there, yeah. were shopped there, had ki- had their kids sh- work and shop there because mm-hmm. I think that like a majority of the fuel of this documentary is the nostalgia of that yeah. and like I mean they spent a lot of time describing the smell of the carpet so you know that's how you know that they're trying to like play at that memory nostalgia Mm -hmm. of youth or whatever or like family um yeah i 
I didn't grow up with blockbusters, so I, I think I was maybe a little more critical of the movie itself than oh, maybe I needed to be. I don't but... think it's a very good documentary. If we're going to talk about the movie, I don't okay. think the documentary is very good. <laughs> like, I think there's a lot of like needless. It's like, oh, it's. I think this is a good hour long documentary. At an hour, yeah. Part an... of me was like, I wish this was like a forty-five minute episode of. I yeah, don't know. Like, like some kind ABC, of mini series about ABC like businesses presents. gone yeah. wrong or something. Exactly. <laughs> and like at an hour 30, like there's just too much of you're right. People talking about the smell of the blockbuster and like as somebody who spent almost every day of an entire year in a blockbuster, I don't remember what it fucking smells like. Like what are you talking yeah. about? Like that that stuff was just like I don't I don't know if like I need to hear this or like you know, the, the, I think the most obnoxious part of the documentary is the part where it's the guy who lives in Bend mm -hmm. and he starts to take you through his day of going to a blockbuster. <laughs> what the I fuck know. was that? That was so. And then they do these like, these, these like reenactments. Oh, it was of so him weird. going to the store and talking to Sandy. Yeah. And it's like sped up for humor's sake or, uh -huh. or whatever, like cut up in this like, look, we're doing it's like drunk history. And it's like, no, that's not how drunk history works. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like they saw they saw Ant-Man and they saw the yeah. parts where uh, where Michael Pena is talking and Anthony Mackie's mouth is moving. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, that's fun. We should do that with our movie. But it's us and we're voicing ourselves. And yeah. It's like, at, okay. at that point, at that point, I thought that guy was the producer of the movie because I was like, he's putting himself in this movie too much. Like, he's not that interesting. And like, not that he's like, he's not a, like, he was not a bad talking head. But this no, whole thing fine. was just, this is the sort of thing where people do this all the time where they're, they're, they think the most fascinating part of the thing is themselves. You know, mm -hmm. and like instead it was just like it yeah, it it went too long and then that part of it was just like, what why is this here? I also think yes, I agree with you that when you can tell that like the most interesting part about the thing is that they think they're special. Yeah. Or that they think they're important. But I also think that they think that their experience is special. Yeah. And it's like you went shopping at a store. Like that's right. legit what everyone has done in their lifetime. So why tell it? And then I'm like, did were they trying to do like this like bonding moment with the viewer of like, see how much of a regular person I am? And it's like, nobody thought you were not regular. You're like legit looked like every other fucking dude in Seattle. I, like, I think it was, I, <laughs> I, I legit think they were going for comedy. Like, I think it was supposed mm -hmm. to be like a, a sketch in the middle of this movie like the moment I realized, oh, they're trying to be really funny here. Is he? He said, "I get up, I, you know, blah blah blah. I take my keys and I walk out the door and I walk down my driveway." And it shows him leaving a public restroom. And I was like, "Is right. the joke that he lives in this in the public restroom? Like what? What?" And it was just like, "Okay, yeah. this whole thing is going to be bad. Like this is a this is like um this is a high schooler's idea of sketch comedy." Yes. Or yeah, I agree. I also think there were a couple of moments like that where they're um when they have the CFO explain like why stock markets and like all uh -huh. that stuff. Yeah. That if you don't give a shit about that, it's fucking boring. Yeah. Which is like a majority of us don't mm -hmm. that's why the stock market is such a mysterious place right. for most right. of us. Instead it's just boring. It's yeah. boring. The, the And so they have like this guy in a suit try to explain like, well, this is what happens and he tries to explain it in a like in quote unquote in English, you know, like something that we can understand as uh -huh. opposed to like super insider detailed. And the whole time that he ex explains it, you have Lauren Lapkus do these like, da, 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 da. like she kind of has this weird voice going it, on I, and I don't know tries the, to make it like silly. I don't know if the addition of Lauren Lapkus was a last minute thing mm. because it's very clear she's not like, obviously she's not actually asking these people questions, but they present it as she is. So she's like, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, to like the 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 woman who owns the blockbuster, like, what do you think about this? And like, then she goes, what do I think about this? And so it's clear that she got prompts, and she's 
But then like, they introduced this concept of having the narrator then like be the person who asks these people questions. And it's it mm-hmm. it feels very tacked on and phony. Yeah. And I know I, this is supposed to be a, a documentary about nostalgia and you're supposed to be having fun watching it. So sure. it's not like this great piece of cinematic documentary <laughs> history. <laughs> but it's just it comes up like so much of this movie comes off as like really corny and like big mm-hmm. swing and a miss yeah i think no i totally agree i think a lot of it is also like a lot of cliches over and over again mm-hmm. and and part of the 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 narration of lauren lapkiss which it kind of bums me out that it's her because she's she's, she's so great funny. and i know she's you so love funny, her yeah. and using her in that way she just was honestly kind of obnoxious like whatever they're having her do you're right it's it just seems like put on top because maybe they like edited the movie and realized it didn't make any fucking sense Mm -hmm. and so they were like oh we'll just have someone on top like do the threading of each piece or something and do like the so there's some kind of bridge in between each segments or something i don't know but yeah there's some parts that i i don't know the like and it dragged on for sure yeah and like the there was like 120 seconds with lloyd kaufman and like i really like lloyd kaufman as a filmmaker i've enjoyed a lot of his the trauma movies i like it was just completely superfluous and needless to this story like nobody's first of all the people who like lloyd kaufman are not gonna watch an entire documentary so they can see two minutes of him ripping on blockbuster it's just like it was mm-hmm. it was unnecessary. It had no purpose to the movie, other than I, yeah. To, him and and Doug Benson are the only times I laughed because yeah. they're they were the only ones that were using sarcasm to kind of talk about how like is this really necessary? But like you right. know they had sort of a they were taking it so much less seriously. That's like, I was I was gonna point out. I think that the best part of the movie is Doug going to the yeah, blockbuster, going into the store and, and like, texting walk, Kumail yeah, on walking the, walking the aisles and like yeah. looking at the movies and yeah, texting Kumail because his movie is on the shelf and uh-huh. you know like he's like I the very funny moment. He's like you're gonna get you're gonna get Kumail in your movie without having without having Kumail. Yeah. <laughs> no, and yeah, I I think. I watched this with Brian and that's probably the part we like the most is the, is the Doug Benson. And, and that's what eight minutes, maybe yeah, right. five. Um, but it, it was, that one was entertaining because Doug Benson is generally a pretty funny dude. And because I think he just came in on this more like, let's be goofy, but also not, not like goofy. I don't know. Like not I'm putting on an act just yeah. like, I'm being realistic about like how non-consequential this whole yeah, thing is. Right. And yeah. And I do think that like that part was the most nostalgic part for me because like, I don't like, you know, it's an interesting story. The story of how Blockbuster went from this like monolithic, like ubiquitous thing that everybody went to, knew what it was about mm-hmm. to a thing that exists in literally one location in the entire world is an interesting story. Yes. And but the you're fact right. that I think in one generation from now, n- nobody is going to know. You know, we're like you and I are the last generation that are going to know what it was to be in that store. Right. There's, and we, that's how quickly it's changing. You and I have adult friends who have never stepped foot in a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Like that, that to me, it like, and like as somebody who worked at one of, you know, probably 50 locations in this city, mm-hmm. the idea that it just doesn't exist like, all, you know, a decade and a half later from when I was there is is really like, you know, it's stark, like that how quickly the world can change. And, you know, I can tell you that when I was working at at Blockbuster and the and the concept of Netflix is starting to emerge, mm-hmm. everybody was like head in the sand, like, oh, this will never take this will never take off. People are gonna wanna come in and hold the movie. And, you know, they're going to want to, like, see the cover and, like, talk to people about it. Just this, like, blind ambition of, like, we'll never shut down. Blockbuster will be around forever or, you know, video rental places will be around forever. It'll Mm -hmm. never stop. Like, this idea, you're getting DVDs in the mail. You know, like, streaming was not even, like, a a concept at that point. But Mm -hmm. the idea that people would not want to come in and, and, like, talk to you about a movie. Like, what is that? And now it's, it's, you know, you, you can stream anything from your phone or, you know, whatever, what have you, like, 
you know, if I decided right now while we're talking, I can just put on a movie on the same screen that we're talking on. So it's just like that stuff happened so quickly, but everybody at the company was just like, don't worry about it. Like, you know, we're going to be around forever. We're blockbuster. And, you know, again, one exists now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think like part of the nostalgia in this documentary that they were, which I think happens in different ways in the world, like conversations I've had with people or this idea that like, there were a lot of people in this movie that are like, well, as soon as the store shuts down, people are never going to know. And they're going to, you know, they're never going to know what it is to talk to a stranger about what movie to watch. And they're never going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to regret it. Like there were a couple of people uh, yeah. that kind of had that, that thought in mind that they're going to regret it. And they're going to um, miss talking to people. And I'm like, no, they don't. That's they, an entire reason why we have technology. Like people love not talking to strangers. That's right. why we don't pick up our own groceries <laughs> and why we, why fucking Amazon exists. Like, what are you talking about? And it's also, it was like, so like frustrating. You're also going to have a generation of people who don't know what that is. Like they're not going to miss right. it because they have no concept of it. So like yeah. these, these guys who are like, Oh, they, you know, they're going to miss it. And they're not, you know, like that's going to come back around. Like, okay, mm-hmm. you sound like you very much sound like, Hey, think, you know, when back in my day, when things were better, it's just like, okay, but exactly like, like that. And then the whole time I'm, they're like, I don't know, like, you know, 30 years ago, it was so great that you could walk into a store for an hour and not know. And honestly, that gave me like anxiety. I'm it, like, I hate doing that right. on Netflix I would hate doing that in person. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you get the like, I mean, if you like someone that if you're someone that likes shopping, I could see how you'd be like, oh, this is sort of like shopping and browsing in person. Some people like that. So you get that feeling of browsing. But personally, I fucking hate having to pick a movie when there's too sure. many choices. So like they were talking about like, oh, you know, spending an hour in there trying to figure out what to watch i'm like that sounds like my nightmare what are you talking about yeah and then this whole idea about like yeah like oh it was so much better you could like touch tangible things and put the dvd or or the the vhs in the player and then like all these things and i'm like well first there's a reason why those things are not popular anymore is because they would break constantly. <laughs> yeah. Easy to scratch. You like your your VHS for mm-hmm. those of you that have never had VHS, like you're you're not gonna miss it. Like right. if you don't take care of those things, they 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 damage, they get damaged it's, and then you have to fix it or rebuy it again. Right. And that's why everything is digital now because you can't break a digital thing. <laughs> you can a, lose it. There's but, a very make America great again vibe to like back you know like when things were good you know when we had videotapes you know like you could hear you could almost hear trump like making a speech about like you know trade with another country and then just like segueing into and tapes aren't like what they used to be you remember you used to rewind the tapes and you just rewind them and it's and it was the best technology we've ever made and it's like well no that's why we moved on was there a better time other things was there a better time and then videotapes we love them we're bringing them back we're bringing back videotapes and then oh people are God. just you know like you know somebody who owns like a used to own like a videotape store just, yeah. yeah we love them we love our videotape industry and like but they, go ahead sorry no it's i just like i'm like in 30 years from now we're in 2021 right now yeah in 30 years from now we're going to be watching diff- movies differently. Yeah. Like there's going to be a new way to watch your movie. It's not, it's not going to be on the TV. It's not going to be straight. It's going to be, I don't know, in your own fucking mind. Who right. knows? Yeah. You're just going to have a freaking chip in your finger. From the, and- co- from the COVID vaccine is where we're getting the first <laughs> microchip for streaming into our brain. So uh, the lasers are going to come down from the sky yes. and, and that's how we're going to watch movies. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like I just, it, yeah technology whole, changes like, and like dramatic idea that like yeah. the things were so much better 30 years ago it's like they were only better because you have nostalgia over right. which is a fair okay feeling to have there's nothing wrong with that do you know what the first tv we had in my house when i was growing up had not a remote control a turn yeah. a tube a turn thing on the side of the tv <laughs> so you had to get up and there were 13 channels on that tv mm-hmm. you know what's better <laughs> A remote control. A remote control. <laughs> like, 
I'm going to show you, uh, you know, only you can see it, Liza. This is a Roku remote control. It has There's four buttons on uh, it. Yeah. And like, you know what? It, it has access to fucking everything in the entire world. <laughs> That's great. It's better. Yes. yes. And, the, and can you imagine if they made an entire documentary about how TVs used to be and how like people are never going to know the wonderful feeling about getting up from your seat to go mm -hmm. change the out of the three news channels mm -hmm. like what no right. that's why we don't do that anymore like yeah. it's terrible <laughs> yeah there are like it just yeah the idea that and again like those people talking about like they're really gonna miss it like no dude like yeah i agree that at some point like nostalgia will swing around mm -hmm. and they talked about it with like captain marvel crashing into a blockbuster in the movie it i think a lot of people were like whoa retro dude and like blockbusters were cool it's not gonna like there's not gonna be this like this thing of like returning to video rental places i wouldn't be you know like we have scarecrow video in seattle which has now mm -hmm. become like a um i forget what they're classified as but like basically they're able to stay in there's a landmark it's a landmark yeah mm -hmm. so they they don't have to be extremely profitable, but there's there's still an avenue for people if they want to go physically touch the movie mm -hmm. and get a recommendation from somebody. That avenue is open to them, and that's not open to everybody. There's not every city doesn't have a a video rental place available to them. But yeah, the idea that it's going to swing back around is just that's wishful thinking at, at best. Yeah, and I. Kevin Smith at some point compares it to the rec like records. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think like that's not an unvalid um, Yeah, I think there's an argument to me. Argument. Made, yeah. Like I think but you could say that about I think the, the the way that he could swing back around is also it's not gonna become like Scarecrow, mm -hmm. their motto is not blockbusters. The yes. you go get the like nichest, weirdest fucking movies in there. And if you're into that, perfect. It's like you know, or if, if you have like, if you want a lot of like international stuff or a lot of like specific Japanese horror mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, like, and then the people that work in there are become sort of an expert in like genres yeah. that are pretty niche or super like sub sub genre type. But it's like any and which you can get with music, like records right. are like that, where you, 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 you know, you can go into these like Russian dolls of types of super obscure classical music and like if you're obsessed with that shit then yes you want to go to those stores and there's a fair amount of people that are into that but that's not so much like that's not about the renting of the movie yeah that's, it's about like the the topic that you're into and then you it, you know it's like having a baking store <laughs> literally it only sells uh -huh. things that are about baking which is in the world that we live in that's not quote-unquote a smart business model right. because we've for decades now have been shopping at places that have everything yeah like target like fred myers but then we're sort of coming back around to like hyper specific the, the, the smart business is to be niche yeah because then you have you build your own little bubble of people that are obsessed with that shit mm -hmm. and will go spend their money on it so like i think that's i feel like that's where kevin spacey had or sorry wrong kevin Whoops. very wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. kevin <laughs> He's back, everybody. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Smith. Sorry uh, to trigger anybody there. Let um, me be frank. Video oh stores no. are coming back. Oh, no. You're canceled. Get out of here, Spacey. <laughs> who, who in, in my lifetime, I never thought I would prefer Kevin Smith over Kevin Spacey. That Let's is, just say yeah. that. <laughs> That's, uh, that. For him to be the least preferable Kevin <laughs> is, yeah, that is wild. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like Kevin Smith. I don't know. I love Dogma, so sure. it's not like I actively hate Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith is just an annoying guy. Like, yeah. there's nothing. He's, he's just like a condescending nerd. He's not a monster like, like of, Kevin Spacey. So that was the other thing that I was can't help myself but to bring up is why I thought it was a Kevin Smith movie, mm -hmm. like made by him is because a majority besides for Sandy who's the lady who runs yeah. the the store uh it's all condescending nerdy men yeah <laughs> and like some of them are funny because they're comedians but most of them are just random ass nerdy dudes yes and I 
white dudes. There's maybe one dude of color in Ron, there. Yeah, Ron Funches is like uh, a rare. He's a rarity of like a black guy mm-hmm. in this movie because like every he's yeah, hilarious. Right. Yeah, Ron Funches is very funny. He was playing sort of this. He's the one of the few that is also sort of ed- elevating himself in terms of like this is like you he, guys he like think it. about it. Yeah. What are we talking about? It makes sense that they weren't out of business. Like, I stole their, like, he's basically saying, like, yeah, I paid all the late fees or like, I never returned my shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, so that's why I I sort of assumed it was the Kevin Smith made and produced movie because it was just a whole lot of like nerdy dudes it's a cavalcade of nostalgic about their nerdy shit and i was just like okay okay yeah it's yeah you're that is a very observant point it's just it's a it's a movie that i think is made by white nerds and will be primarily enjoyed by white nerds Mm -hmm. Uh, that was my thought is the whole time i'm like i don't think I'm their demographic. No, I and whoever like, this movie is for, it's yeah. not for me. <laughs> and I think it's I think it is made for people either my age or a little older mm-hmm. in the same like demo of like people who went to Blockbuster every Friday night, you know, like or worked there. <clears throat> or worked there. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, before working there, like my family and I would go out to um like so Maury's is a restaurant over in Greenwood. It's now something different now, but we used to go out to dinner there and then right across the street was Blockbuster. So we just cross the street, go to Blockbuster after eating our dinner. We'd <clears throat> run around the store, you know, pick out movies or video games and then take the movie home. That was a typical Friday night growing up mm-hmm. for us. So like I do have a lot of nostalgia associated with Blockbuster mm-hmm. in both going and working there. But yeah, it's a, I, I think like this movie kind of, was meant for a very specific age and gender and uh, race demographic. Yeah, it's just, yeah. That I don't think it appeals to everybody, but if you had to give it a rating mm. out of five, a five day new release, <laughs> how many days would you give <laughs> the last blockbuster? Um, Hmm. I I think I would give it a one and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, because one and a half days is yeah. that what you said? Yeah. Out of five day releases. Yeah. Um, because I did learn a lot. Like there, like mm-hmm. all the 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 boring stuff parts I didn't know. So like how how it succeeded and also how it failed miserably. Um, like in terms of decisions that were made at the wrong time. Uh, that is int- that was interesting. Um, there's some parts that are funny. Uh, seeing Doug, but I didn't know, I didn't really know who Doug Benson was, but it so happens that the one live uh, kind of improv show we saw uh, when we went to LA uh-huh. for the first time, or when I went to LA for the first time, was a Doug Benson watches movies like, recording douglas movies and that was yeah and that was really funny and so seeing him on screen i was like i felt uh you know included and sure anyway it was fun to watch him um but yeah i i don't know i don't know that i would recommend it to anybody honestly like even if for i i think it was just like if i knew someone else but you that had worked at a blockbuster be like well maybe you'll feel nostalgic in or vindicated i don't know what both maybe (laughs) Um, but if you want to know how the business succeeded and failed, just Google them and <laughs> look at their Wikipedia. I'm yeah. assuming all that stuff is already out there. So if you're really curious, just read an article and you'll get the gist of it. But I don't know that watching like an hour and a half of weirdly put together talking heads and reenactment of themselves is worth it, yeah. I guess. Yeah. How about you? two two Mm -hmm. two days out of the five days i i think purely like i think like an entire star and a half is given to it for doug showing up at the (laughs) at the blockbuster and having that that rapport with sandy and Mm -hmm. like just the amount that sandy puts into what she does like i the movie makes me want 
the the last blockbuster to succeed, which mm-hmm. up until watching it, I could have given two shits about. Um, <laughs> so it in that way, it does make me care about Sandy. It makes me want the store to succeed. But in terms of a movie, I think it's a very weirdly put together documentary, as you said. There's mm-hmm. a lot that doesn't need to be said. There's a lot of stuff that just feels weird and, and added on. So, yeah, I mean, like, I I didn't not enjoy myself watching it mm-hmm. but you're right it's it's geared towards a very specific demographic of people mm-hmm. um unfortunately that that demographic is very large and in charge of the internet um so <laughs> uh it it may be the the one of the most successful documentaries of all time based on that age and gender and race demographic and to be fair like if if you like the stats are like what they employed ninety thousand people yeah. at some point so like sure that's already 90,000 viewers. Yeah. Right. And it it's doing very well on Netflix. It's like the number 10 movie on the entire platform right now. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I I guess like if you have some nostalgia attached to Blockbuster being inside of one, it's not the worst hour mm-hmm. and a half you could spend, but I think you'll also recognize just how much they had to fluff out this thing to make it a at at a full length at a full length runtime, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, that's fair. I just one more thing. I also like part of me is like this the sh- the store that Sandy runs is technically not a like it's called Pacific Video. It's just using the blockbuster franchise yeah. outside in the colors. And like they have this whole bit at the end where they're like, they should just keep the store open, not have the franchise, and then just like call it like Dunbison has a joke about calling it Busters right. or something. Busters video. But, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I mean, they could do that. Like if you're really rooting for like a small business to continue renting videos, like we we still have a couple, like we talked about, like Scarecrow. I think there might be another one in Seattle. I'm mm. sure it's the same in Bend, especially because they get a lot of tourists times of the year that potentially would want to do that during their vacation right. like i well, don't know I'm sure, I'm sure part of it is that like dish who now owns blockbuster mm-hmm. i'm sure like they get some sort of financial you yeah. know like there's a there's a, a landing place for them financially with being owned mm-hmm. by dish so like whereas you know she may like sandy herself may not be paying the rent for that space whereas maybe dish is paying for the rent Mm -hmm. meanwhile sandy being a franchise owner is responsible for going out and buying extra copies of these movies which is like insane like the 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 notion kind of sad yeah the notion that she's like yeah i go to target and walmart and best buy (laughs) and i just like pick up extra copies of the movies or like if we don't have something and somebody wants it i'll go get it and like this is like she is like running a a locally owned like this is a independent mm-hmm. bookstore almost sort a of lot level. of that reminded me of being at the toy store we were yeah at, honestly where it was like i i've been on ships where the owner or some of our the people that we worked with would go buy stuff at yeah. fred meyer's next door to right. have in the store yeah and yeah, it, it that part was very familiar to me yeah. and like very relatable in terms of like how a small business like puts in so much effort into this competition yeah. that is like you can't even compete. It's, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, anyways, should we get to the surprise prize? Yes, please. Yes, please. Did your doggy just walk into the room? Yes, can you tell? You made a sudden <laughs> look to the to your right. And then started petting something low to the ground, which if it was Brian would be a weird <laughs> He just like move. crawled into the yeah. room like a weirdo. Hi, honey. <laughs> Alright, we are in oh. the surprise prize. That's right. So, Liza, I have a question for you. And then <gasps> you have... Surprise me. Surprise prize you. So... We are, <clears throat> as bit has been discussed, ad nauseum mm. by every single person. Mm. We've now been in lockdown for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stop <clears throat> talking about it. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> so our first lockdown episode happened <clears throat> on 
on March 26th oh. is when our first lockdown episode was released, I think. I might have written that date down wrong. But I was going to ask you for the surprise prize. Liza, do you remember what was our subject of our last in-person record? And what was our first Zoom record? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Should I know this? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so the last one we did in person was Bring It On. Oh. And then the first one we did over, and I don't remember how we even recorded then, because I don't think we figured out getting on Zoom for like at least a couple months. FaceTime. We were doing FaceTime. Yeah. That's insane. Uh, it was Star Trek <laughs> The Next Generation was our first uh, socially distant uh, record. Really? Yeah. Wow. That feels like two minutes ago. I know. And 10 years ago. Yeah, right? <laughs> Somehow. I was just like most most of this last I was just I was just emailing with uh Gabe who owns the comic book store that I go to Mm -hmm. and he was like hey just letting you know like if you I have a box there so he's like if you you know things have accrued so if you want I can ship them to you or you can come in I was like hey I'll just pop in on like a weekday when there's nobody else there and whatever wear two masks and Mm -hmm. and I realized that I had sent him that email like two and a half weeks ago (laughs) I was just like (laughs) Wow, time has no fucking meaning. I thought I no. had sent that like yesterday, and I so I emailed him again. I'm like, hey, just wanted to give you a heads up. I forgot. <laughs> I just lost track of time. <laughs> I don't know how, but I'll try and be in soon. But it's just like, God, like time has no meaning mm-hmm. whatsoever. No, so I get it doesn't. That. Um, so interesting. Bring it on, and Star Trek. Yeah. No. We're so interesting. We just run the gamut on like really interesting topics. Wow. wow. The spectrum that yeah. we are on. From bring it on to Star Trek the Next Generation. And everything in between. The throwback to school story. <laughs> Including Twilight yeah. twice. When we yeah, when they make the documentary about our podcast. Oh my god. Those were the days. Those were the days, yeah. It'll never be like that again. When they were reviewing Bring It On and then Star Trek the Next Generation. It's the best. It's my favorite podcast. I remember the smell of my headphones when I used to listen to podcasts. When they when they did the surprise prize that brought on Brian and he did his charts about all the movies. <laughs> when the one of the very best charts ever. What is your smart, a very smart smart man? Yeah. One of our smartest graphs Clever. I've ever seen. I have a surprise prize for you, Gong. sir. Uh huh. What is it? Oh, no, Liza froze. <laughs> and I have a surprise prize for you, too. Oh, you do? Good, sir. Mm-hmm. It's a double whammy. I have a quick little story that's related to blockbusters. Okay. And then I have two questions for you. Cool. Uh, I, like I said, didn't really grow up with blockbusters. We didn't have those franchises where I grew up. Um we did when I came to the Seattle during the summers, we would go with my dad and pick out movies sometimes, um randomly, but I, I don't have like the same nostalgia of it all. Uh and when I was 18, uh the summer or no, before I was 18, I was it was like the first summer that I worked at the science center and mm-hmm. had like money of my own. I was turning 17, I think. I there was a blockbuster like right next to the bus stop that I would stop at before going to my dad's. Mm-hmm. And I like had this genius idea on the bus one day that I was like, Oh, I should just open an account and then I could use it during the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that way I don't have to like compromise what I'm watching and I'll just like rent, you know, I uh-huh. have my own money. I can just pay to to rent my own movies like whatever i'm not i'm not paying rent like you know it was just it was all like extra cash at that point and i was like that's the smartest thing i've ever thought of (laughs) i'm such a genius (laughs) and i was like and they probably don't care that i would only rent movies during the summer Mm because i'm like not living here the rest of the year so i like i have my little backpack on and i like or whatever bag i was using at the time and i it's like after a shift or something and i'm on my way home and I stop in there and I'm like, hey, I want to open an account. And there, and the the dude that's working there is like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. 
so I'm just going to need your ID and then a credit card. And I was, or like debit card or whatever. And I was like, okay. So I start pulling my shit out and I start filling out the form because you would like yeah. fill out a physical form at the time of like, I don't know, your contact info and your credit card, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And the, so you, it was like filling out my shit. And then it says in big bold letters at the top. And I remember this to this day where it says, you must be 18 to have an account. Uh-huh. And then I started like, I stared at it and I started being so embarrassed and sweating. And I was like, oh my God. And it's like, you know, people that work at Blockbusters are usually like younger dudes. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, oh my God, so embarrassing. Like this dude is going to think I'm such a moron. Like (laughs) so embarrassed, which is like, with retrospect, it's so dumb to think like that. But anyway, I was like, oh God. And then I just looked up and looked at him and I was like, I'm not 18. (laughs) And he was like, okay, well, you can't have an account if you're (laughs) under 18. And I was like, yeah, I just read that. Uh, Never mind then. And I was so mad. I was so pissed. I was like, it was going to be the summer of my life. Where I could just rent whatever the fuck movies I wanted Uh or TV shows and not have to like share or like compromise. I can't believe they ruined your greatest summer and now you've just had (laughs) shitty summers ever since. And I was so embarrassed and I just walked home so sad and so embarrassed. And I was like, I'm never going inside that blockbuster ever again. And then that summer. I don't think I ever did. Like, they were just like, well, we were really counting on one more sign-up, and we didn't get it, so we're closing <laughs> down. And so I was thinking about this. I think about this story, like, on the regular basis uh-huh. uh, because of how embarrassed I was. And because we watched this movie, I realized that that's something that young people now are never going to know. Like for Blockbuster specifically, of course, they like you still can't like sign up for other things right. unless you're 18. But like, I'm pretty sure you can just open an account on Netflix without being 18 as long as there's just a debit card attached yeah. to it. Yeah, right. Like, there's like most of the shit pe- young people watch on, anyways, YouTube, and you definitely don't need to be 18 for that. So I was just like, oh man, that's like interesting to think about mm-hmm. that like young people are just specifically for those reasons i have just like and we talk about people talk about like how much access younger generations yeah. have have now to like a lot of things mm-hmm. um good and bad but yeah so my questions to you are how many no i'm just kidding i was just gonna say how many minors did you nick <laughs> tell you can't have an account um no so first question for you is uh what were you most excited about when to turn 18 so when you were like younger okay uh as like or becoming an adult in general was there anything that you were like oh man i can't wait to be able to do this for 18 it was being able to get access to like 18 plus venues because like there are there were like music shows at the time i thought i was gonna be going to music shows a lot um (laughs) that turned out to be absolutely true um i was really excited because there's like certain places you don't have like and when i say certain places you don't have access to until you're 18 you know i'm sure a lot of people like cigarettes and porn and Mm. whatever and then like when Mm -hmm. you're 21 drinking it was like i literally was like oh there's like i can go see like you know this person perform at this place because i'm 18 or now i'm 21 Mm -hmm. and like you know i don't fucking go to concerts and and, you know music (laughs) shows or anything like that like so but you could i could just the access to it was was what i was excited about that's fair well i just wanted to rent a movie (laughs) um (laughs) okay not holding on to that one at all or uh not petty i'm not mad about it still at all Okay, the other question is, is there something, like, now obsolete that uh, you, uh, how did I write that? (laughs) 
This is your own question. Liza. Oh, is there like, can you think of another thing that like when we separately were minors or youths uh, or younger people, because um, we're so old now, that like technology that we couldn't like, that was like hard to get or hard to do and is now like so much more accessible for, for minors. I have one. So in the in the way that like streaming videos is now right. like like now it's just like renting a movie has become so obsolete because it's so easy and easy access to watch things. Gosh, I mean like the the advent of like Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, was like so much like you know, and Amazon existed when I when I like turned like twenty, I think like was or you know something like that like. Early in my adulthood, Amazon was like a a concept and like a thing, and like you could get you could order something, but it would take thirty days. You know, like it was mm-hmm. like the idea that you can now get stuff within like you can get order something on Amazon and get it today mm-hmm. in a lot of places. But I guess I guess that'd be my answer. Like the idea that yeah. you can have something the shipped immediacy. to you, yeah. yeah, and like the idea that you know and. Um, I was telling you before we got on the record that like I just ordered a bunch of jerseys off eBay and the idea that um, that this jersey might get here in five days versus like two I was just like what the f- what's taking so long <laughs> yeah what is this come on like let's get We're a move so on spoiled. so I guess I guess the advent of Amazon and just being able to like nearly on demand get whatever you want mm-hmm what about you? What's and, your... and having being able to buy things like, like I'm guess well, like we live in a in a fairly big city now, so like if we didn't have Amazon, you could get you could get that version in the store, mm-hmm. uh, in a store because we have a fair amount of variety. But like other places in the country, you know, you have your Walmart, but right. then like that's it. And so being able to like order literally anything that you want on the internet and have it within the week is like an insane. I remember like seeing a piece of clothing on a wrestling show when I was like, you know, 16 years old. And I just really wanted this piece of piece of clothing. And I did not know how to even think about looking for it. So I went to the mall and asked the information kiosk at the mall, is there a place here I can go to, to buy this, you know, specific thing. And of course the concierge is just like, somebody who like tells you where the bathroom is or something you know, like yeah. which way is the food court and i'm just like i'm looking for this you know yada 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 and he's just like hey, amen i'm not google right what the fuck and, do you want and you know and i'm like what's google he's like hey wait 10 years and then he disappeared oh my god were you wait he, was it around christmas time was he like future andrew yeah. yeah and then i heard like a ho 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 in the background i turned around i looked back and he was gone and then you met past Andrew and yeah. he told you how a like little mischievous little devil you are. <laughs> um what is well, your I was thinking of like transportation. And mm. I grew up in a small town, so like transportation was like a big hurdle and yeah. like a huge complicated thing of how to get to places because you know the buses although the buses are free in my hometown, which is amazing. Yeah. Like the city buses they only run in a very specific way, like from, you know, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And um, and there's like a break in the middle of the day. Mm. And then like the, you know, the route, there's not that many routes and things like that. And so, and like, I didn't have a, part, a mom that would just drive me where the fuck I sure. wanted all the time. Like I know some folks grew up with parents like that. That's not the household I lived in mm-hmm. until like maybe later on in high school where she would like, be able to give me rides to like my friend's house or something um but like transportation in general like I was thinking about it I'm like man like you can pretty much like even at 16 or even maybe 14 for some like pretty independent kids like you could just have an uber account or lyft or whatever and if you like I don't know if you have your own debit card or if like you have like an allowance with your parents or something with that like that to me is just like wow like that's a really good answer i didn't even think about that because like when i was yeah when i was younger and like if we wanted to get like for instance in seattle like we if we wanted to get to wajamaya Mm -hmm. we would have to like 
take like six different buses and like mm-hmm. transfer, you know, like walk three blocks to this place, wait and have change with you. Right. And like wait 15 minutes for the next bus to come. And like it was like a day getting mm-hmm. to the international district from, you know, like the north end. And it was just like, yeah, the 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 concept of like. Like if we were kids now with like our own smartphones we could just order a car to to pick us up and take us there versus like yeah transferring from this bus to this one and making sure that this bus has enough room for all of us to get onto it's just like mm-hmm. yeah that that's a good answer i mean not that like and yet again like not that everybody all families have like the cash flow to sure, do that but sure. or or that it's like the most safe thing for like <laughs> yeah, yeah to be in strangers cars all the time but I, I'm just thinking like that is an option. Like you could like now you could do like a couple friends together and like do a share ride mm-hmm. and like split the cost or whatever. If you're trying to like get to the mall or get to like something, a regular thing that kids do or, or youth do. And yeah, I was just like, I don't know, def- like without being too worried about sounding like 180 years old i'm just like i'm just <laughs> like late. happy too for late. them. It's not like I'm like, oh, back in my day, I had to like. Oh. Yeah. Walk a hundred miles or whatever, which is not true. But um I just like I'm like, man, that just like I'm so glad that they don't have that stress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like that you have to really like I don't know, like that those are the parts of technology that we've like successfully, you know, improved some people's lives with. And yeah. as a person that like complains about technology a lot, I just like to remind myself that like some technology is actually useful and helpful. Yeah. Um, I do have another answer. Mm. Um, back in the old days, if you wanted to pay a cre- a creator or somebody to make stuff, you'd have to like actually hand them money. And nowadays you can actually just go to Patreon. I feel fooled. <laughs> Including like, going I did to, not see it coming. Including wow, going wow, to wow, wow. patreon.com slash good talk studio and spending five dollars a month on really good podcasts. You can That's get right. Be fooled with me. Yeah, be fooled. Yeah, be a fool with Liza and subscribe to the Patreon, you fools. Um and get <laughs> podcasts every month for just five bucks a month. That's right. And Go down the memory road with us. Instagram.com slash throwback to school twitter.com slash tbt school and facebook.com slash throwback to school and you can go to goodtalkstudio.com and just check out stuff there that's right and uh do it we'll see everybody tomorrow see you tomorrow Bye bye